Good afternoon. You're listening to Radio Boise, a special Radiothon edition of Vital Idaho, a Vital Idaho mashup with Big Tent Radio. I'm Beth Markley with my co-hosts, Luke Fowler and Charlie Hunt. Thanks for joining me today, guys. Uh, thanks for uh, having us and doing this uh, spectacular mashup. And our uh, other co-hosts, Jen Snyder and Jackie Kettler, are going to be joining us a little later. Um, kind of a relief crew. I mean, uh, the Radiothon's kind of like a marathon, so you got to be prepared. we got to bring in backups with support to make it through all of this. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, for the Public Affairs Thursday Avengers, you know, anything is possible, but it's always good to to bring in some bring in some new blood. So. Listen, with the sequel, you have to introduce new characters, right? right. That's just the rule. That's right? right. I mean, in the last Avengers, there were like 80 Avengers, so. Exactly. You know. We got more to come. That's, That's right. A, yeah. Well, I mean, good thing Radiothon doesn't last several weeks, because we would not be able to fit all those people in this room. There'd no, no. There'd be so many Public Affairs programmers, they would have to, like, expand. Yeah. They expanded to a new space. like The oh, one that we have over there. Well, maybe maybe that's a good idea. We can get Wayne just like, we'll invite 20 people and we'll all do a radio show and talk over each other. It, It'll be great. It will be great. Of course, you know what would really help with that is uh, if Radio Boise has the funding to fund that kind of space. And those are the kinds of things uh, that, we're, that we're looking to, to fill with this uh, fall Radiothon drive. That's an amazing idea. And if you feel so inclined during the show, we will call you out for supporting the Radio Public Affairs Avengers. And the way to do that is by calling us here at the station at 208-258-2072, or you can give online at radioboise.org. And we have our lovely uh, call group out there, uh, Radiothon um, phone bankers out there waiting for your call. Uh, and to take that uh, p- slip of paper off the printer as it comes jetting out over the internets, uh, 208-258-2072. As we did last week, we're doing a little kind of special uh, uh, thing here. Yeah, a little, a little, uh, little news review. Yeah, we're going to do a little news review. I mean, I don't know if any of you have been following the news. It's moving a little bit fast these days. I what do you mean by up. this news thing? Like, is that <laughs> is that on the, that, that interweb? Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of it's fake, of course. But, uh, no, we only deal in real news here. Listen, I only get Thursdays. my internet off of Facebook. Um, and Because if it's not posted by people I went to high school with, okay. then it's not real. Okay, well, let's fill in Luke <laughs> uh, since, you know, may, maybe been out of the loop on some of this stuff. Uh, impeachment news continues, uh, you know, coming in. Uh, red hot every day, new new developments, new things happening. Uh, probably the most the biggest thing that's happened kind of since last uh, Thursday when we checked in about this is uh, the Trump administration, specifically the White House Counsel, uh, responding to a lot of these uh, subpoenas from uh, from uh, Adam Schiff and the House of Representatives as part of the impeachment inquiry, responding not too kindly, uh, essentially saying that the White House is not going to. Uh, comply at all with any of these impeachment investigations, will not have witnesses show up. Uh, And so this has sort of led to uh, you know, a, a question of contempt of Congress and, uh, you know, what Congress might do about this. Uh, we'll talk a little bit later about some of those options that Congress has. But this is a pretty significant development uh, just because, you know, a lot of the problems that Richard Nixon ran into during uh, his, uh, you know, his time in jeopardy uh, before resigning the office had a lot to do with his administration sort of stonewalling and, and lack of compliance with the investigations. So that's been a pretty significant development. And again, uh, historically, what we found with impeachment proceedings and a lot of the things that end up people or get people in the White House put in jail, it really has nothing to do with the underlying thing that happened, the political scandal. Um, And though impeachment is essentially about politics and not actual uh, criminal violations, it's all the cover up. It's all the response. It's all the violations of law that come in, especially when Congress starts asking for things and you might mislead or withhold things. That's what actually gets White House staffers put in jail right yeah absolutely i mean the 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 whole cover-up aspect was you know that was the that was sort of the whole refrain of the of the nixon uh, era was you know it's not the crime it's the cover-up in this case uh it seems to be both the crime and the cover-up uh you, you know there have been you know further developments not just in sort of these process issues uh but in terms of the case itself so you know uh late last night uh to uh you know, uh, Ukrainian lawyers who had been working with the White House and with Rudy Giuliani were uh, arrested at the airport trying to flee the country, and they, they might have some 
they've been subpoenaed as well, along with, uh, I saw just before we got in here, Energy Secretary uh, Rick Perry, the former governor of Texas, has also been uh, has also been subpoenaed. Uh, since, uh, you know, President Trump in some ways kind of threw him under the bus last week, you know, saying, you know, a lot of this was sort of his idea and in his direction. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see how, uh, you know, how truthful that really was uh, or or maybe Rick Perry will not Secretary Perry will not show up and, and we'll see. I mean, he was slated to uh, to resign and retire in a couple of months anyway, uh, you know, leading us to wonder if those two things are connected. So. Um, lots of, and you know, the the house still wants to subpoena Rudy Giuliani and have him appear. So it, it's possible that we're in for some high profile, uh, perhaps uh, perhaps stress inducing hearings coming up in the house. So uh, one thing I, I I thought was interesting in the news this week is that Trump has brought in uh, Trey Gowdy, uh, who yes. was a former congressman. He was the head of the oversight committee, correct? Uh, I believe he was. So he was in charge of sort of this. Uh, the they had the select committee on Benghazi. Yeah. And this was for those who don't remember or have tried desperately to forget. Uh, throughout uh, 2015 and 2016, leading up to the election, uh, the Republicans who held the House at the time, uh, you know, formulated this select committee to investigate. Uh, you know, a lot of the issues surrounding the attack on uh, the American embassy in Benghazi, uh, Libya uh, in 2012, I believe it was, uh, and possible, you know, mishaps on the part of Secretary Hillary Clinton at the time. Um, You know, Gowdy was very vocal about this and especially vocal about, you know, the power that Congress has and should have to subpoena, you know, uh, members of the executive branch, including Secretary Clinton, who did go and give a very long uh, testimony on that matter. And so, eleven hours, right? Oh yes, yeah. uh, yes. Uh, so it's it's in a way it's kind of ironic now that Gowdy, who is now a former member of Congress, has sort of joined the executive side uh, on the on the side of President Trump. And so, you know possibly some hypocrisy there uh you know we'll see what kind of role Gowdy ends up playing but he's a very interesting character in all this yeah one of the interesting things that stuck out to me in those stories though was one of the reasons they brought him in is because they said that Rudy Giuliani has to stop handling this that he's doing too much damage um the things that he says and which I've been actually saying for a year that every time Rudy Giuliani goes in the news he makes everything worse and they've got to stop putting him out there I guess they finally got that message because apparently Trey Gowdy is going to take on a lot of this and if you remember him from the big Gazi and everything else he's actually pretty good about going out there and beating the drum he's a very he's a very skilled uh questioner and sort of uh you know personality a strong personality out there you know rudy's a strong personality but uh you know i mean the more he goes on tv the more entertainment it is for us but uh you know not necessarily has not necessarily been the greatest advocate of the president uh you know one fun fact uh i i was looking at this morning is uh 12 years ago around this time uh, Giuliani was leading the the polls on, for the Republican nomination for president in 2008. So, uh, you know, what a difference 12 years can make. <laughs> right. And then we still see him. That's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, so that number, those, gosh, those dang phones are awfully quiet. That number to call is 208-258-2072. If you support Free Farm, community-powered, people-powered, community radio, and all of the wonderful personalities on the air. I won't speak about the Avengers here today, but we do have, we actually have hundreds of volunteers uh, around the clock that work to keep this station going, as well as our our very talented and hardworking and very sparse staff. So uh, this is this is your community station radio. Boise is for the Treasure Valley and beyond. We do have listeners from all over the world, uh, all over the region and 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 the world, uh, I'd like to give a shout out to some folks who have uh, helped sustain us with donations of food and beverages and refreshments today. We you know that we we bring in an extra set of hands for our radiothons, and it's always a very festive atmosphere. We have uh, coffee from Dawson Taylor. 
We have goodies from Gaston's Bakery, Tree City Smoothies, and Blue Sky Bagels. So thank you all so much for supporting Radio Boise and and democracy, ultimately, because democracy really depends upon access to uh, information. And we're all about we're all about access to information, right? Well, especially while democracy does seem to be hanging in the balance in one way or another, it's always good to. Uh, you know, check in with your with your local news and your local stations like Radio Boise so that you can stay informed uh, and and not be, you know, like Luke, uh, only only following the, the Facebook feeds of, Listen, of your high where, school buddies. That's exactly where the most important news comes from. Right? Well, They're talking about the, it. Then it's real news. The, you also got to get on the Twitter yeah. or, or else you're missing out on like that's a whole right. other realm. So the uh, other big national news story this week uh, is on the Democratic side of the presidential race. And I believe Charlie's going to give us a little update on that, Charlie being our national political expert here in Boise. Am I a correspondent? Does this make me a correspondent? Oh, you can have whatever title you want. Oh, I Pundit. appreciate it. Pundit? Ooh, I yeah. really think, though, the uh, Talking you know, Avenger. Yeah, I prefer Avenger. Avenger. Yeah, that should uh, be an official. News Avengers. That's what we should news call this show. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, obviously this impeachment business has had, um, you know, has had part of the effect it's had is taking a little bit of pressure off the Democratic candidates in terms of making news day to day, you know, a, a, you know, the presidential race tends to be basically from now until next November is going to be the, you know, we normally think about that as the main story, but a lot of the candidates have been kind of out of the news because all this impeachment stuff has been in the news, but obviously it's connected to what's going on because of uh, uh, because of its connection to to Joe Biden, uh, but there have been a number of other developments in the race that have uh, sort of. Uh, uh, change the dynamic a little bit. Uh, one is that uh, you know new quarter of fundraising numbers have come in, and you have uh, a lot of uh, a lot of candidates who are really hauling in a pretty impressive amount of cash. Uh, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, among the most of them, raising you know about 25, 26 million bucks a piece in the last uh, three months, which is pretty mind-boggling considering the number of candidates in the race. Uh, Joe Biden taking in a little bit less, around 13, 14 million. Uh, Pete Buttigieg maintaining, you know, even while he's fallen in the polls a little bit, he's maintained big fundraising numbers. But the thing with these numbers is that, you know, while Warren uh, and Bernie Sanders tend to lead the pack, uh, Bernie's campaign has suffered a bit of a setback. Uh, We mentioned last week that he has had a medical issue. It turned out to be a heart attack. And he's since said that he's going to be scaling back his campaign pretty significantly. and this is sort of on the heels of him, you know, falling behind Warren and Biden a little bit in the polls and, and Warren picking up a lot of his supporters. So, you know, th- things aren't looking as great for uh, Sanders's campaign. And uh, and so, you know, maybe Elizabeth Warren will be sort of filling uh, filling that gap in the meantime. All right. And we are joined by a fourth Avenger. We are. Listen, this is like in uh, all of the sequel movies. We're like halfway through like another character pops up to save the day boom jen snyder here to save us otherwise known as the captain marvel of the big tent (laughs) exactly yes you just float in from on high glowing (laughs) and just like shoot my body through a space enemy spaceship kind of look at all of us like what are you guys doing (laughs) oh is it are we talking about politics again is that why it's so hot in the control room That and we can't afford to pay for the AC, but you know, politics it is. <laughs> so. Did I see a headline this week too that Bernie Sanders has a, a daughter in law who passed away as well? Did, or did I just make that up? But did I have some sort of fever dream? I had uh, it. maybe on Facebook is where you got that. Uh, pro- probably from one of your Facebook friends. Like. I hadn't heard that. I mean, I yeah. I trust I trust my fellow Avenger to oh, to know geez. what's going on. I but, hope um, I hope I'm not spreading fake news. But I'm afraid I saw that headline <laughs> as well. Another another unfortunate. Um, yeah. Incident yeah, to not the Sanders campaign. Yeah, it hasn't it hasn't been a great couple of weeks or even few months for the Sanders campaign. I mean, he's he still has a very dedicated uh, following, and so it's we would be wrong to count him out in any way. And he does have this huge war chest of money, so by no means is he out of the race. But you got to wonder, you know, how long? You know, we do have another debate coming up in a, in a couple of weeks, and I think we're back up to you know twelve or so candidates, and they're all going to be on the same stage at this point. So, um, so uh, you know, we'll see if uh, if some of these other candidates can break through. And of the of those candidates, uh, what do you hear? Are they are they they're kind of being quiet on the impeachment issue. 
Yeah, I mean, most of the candidates at this point, including Joe Biden, was a holdout, which is interesting because he was kind of the target of all this Ukraine stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was a holdout in terms of coming out for impeachment. But now I think pretty much all of the sort of, you know, top five or six candidates are on the record in favor of impeachment. I mean, you know, people like uh, uh, Warren and uh, and Kamala Harris have been for quite some time. uh, But I think pretty much all the all the top candidates are on the record in favor of it. In terms of whether they talk about it and their sort of day-to-day campaigning is a different question. You know, it's there's no doubt now that we have a lot of polls about it that impeachment has not is getting more and more popular, that this is not a good news. I mean, how could impeachment be a good news story for a president? But I don't know. I mean, keep in <laughs> mind, too, that Biden has really uh, positioned himself as a centrist electable candidate and impeachment for a while there, at least, yeah. was really not polling as sort of a front of mind issue for voters. And so when you saw Harris, for example, come out against a p- impeachment, I think she was trying to mark herself as maybe more to the left, trying to tap that AOC crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, but. But I think Biden was sort of assiduously trying to rock that middle. And of course, he's central to it. So I think he had to be careful about it. But just yesterday came out swinging in a big way about impeachment and arguing that this president's not fit to serve. Yeah, I mean, I think and and I think that there's a way in which, you know, from a messaging point of view, in part because he was the target of a lot of this stuff, but also because a lot of his argument has to do with being a sort of trusted, known, reliable, steady hand as commander in chief and, you know, trying to position himself, like you said, as a as someone who can come in and sort of, Be you know, take yeah, take everyone's foot off the brakes and give everyone some relief from a lot of the, you know, depend, regardless of how you feel about Trump's policies, you know, a lot of the sort of helter skelter nature of what's been going on. So that could be a big part of his pitch. I mean, I think I think you also have a lot of candidates who are wanting to, you know, even though impeachment is a little more of a winning issue now, they do still have their own issues and their own ways of differentiating themselves from each other so that they can try and stand out from the crowd. And so if everyone's just talking about impeachment and everyone's in favor of impeachment, you know, there's not going to be a lot of movement in the polls. Not and a for, lot of differentiator, yeah. yeah. And for pretty much everyone except for Warren and Biden, you know, they want some movement in the polls because, you know, they're kind of running out of time before the end of the year. And then we get to Iowa and New Hampshire and we all will just want our heads to explode. Well, and I would also throw out there on on that point is, um, I mean, we see what Trump does to the leading candidates against him. Right. Um, And I, I just wonder if anybody really wants to. I guess, try to draw that spotlight to him right now. I mean, it's probably not advantageous if you're trying to get started and trying to get some positive attention for him just to decide that he is going to throw whatever at you and see what sticks. Um, it's probably something you want to sit back and just try to focus on one thing at a time. Yeah, I mean, I think I think sort of there's there's this thing of like, oh, well, you know, he's he's attacking Joe Biden now and was like literally asking for foreign investigations of Joe Biden because he perceived that Biden was the front runner and that he was going to be the person he's facing. But now that arguably Elizabeth Warren is the front runner, she's been ahead in a few recent polls lately. Uh, there, I think we can reasonably say at least tied for the lead. Uh, it is important to remember that, you know, Donald Trump, assuming he's not out of office by the time we start the, sort of the, the meat of the campaign next summer and next fall, he's going to come up with something to attack his opponent for and and and, you know, some kind of uh, you know, line of attack, uh, you know, along the lines of, you know, what he came up with for Hillary and clearly what he already had in mind for Joe Biden. Uh, you know, he's attacked Elizabeth Warren in the past. Um, you know, he hasn't said much about a lot of the other candidates, uh, except except for Bernie, you know, calling him crazy Bernie and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, he'll he'll formulate his own plan and have his own sort of tweets that will that will come out. So, uh so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that'll happen regardless of who it is, you know. Right. Well, I think we need to take one quick break so that people could get to their computers and start pressing those buttons to oh, enter oh, wait. some donations. What are you? Is it? Is it Radiothon? It is Radiothon. Oh. That's why we're doing a special so, matchup. This is so exciting. Catch up with the franchise. So, the well, franchise. She's been so, off saving other parts of the universe. I mean, is that so. why I was on RadioBoise.org this morning, updating my yeah. my monthly renewal? You should have done oh, it for I this show. It. Yeah. yeah, I should have. <laughs> but you can make up for my error by doing it after the break. At RadioBoise.org or during the break, and then we'll, re- we'll give you a shout out. You can also call 208 258 206 and we're going to come right back and we're going to talk some more about your favorite or maybe not so favorite uh, issues in the news both nationally internationally and locally so stick with us 
And we're back with your Radio Boise News Avengers, a special mashup of Vital Idaho and Big Tent Radio. And we're, we're joined by another Avenger. We have, so far we have, we have Luke, Charlie, Jen, and Beth. And now we have a fifth Avenger. And you, who's I'm your, already Captain Marvel, so you can't be that. Jackie, oh. sorry. Well, that's all right. Um, Jackie's here, yep. and Jackie is now... We haven't all actually adopted personalities. We just have Captain Marvel over here. Maybe we're going to have to save that for later in the show. And what, what would we, you were the News Avenger, but the News Avenger? Yeah, I mean, man. really, I mean, really, we're all News Avengers in a way. Uh, if that's, those are, you know, those are our day jobs. And then, you know, by night we fight crime. So I mean, the big tents where fake news goes to die, right? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's right. I like it. Vital Idaho, you in? Yeah, I'm in. All right. All cool. right. Okay, so we're here for a special Radiothon edition of Vital Idaho, and we were talking about uh, in the impeachment uh, proceedings and, and what's going on with the presidential election uh, and other major international news this week. Is what, okay, what is going on with um, the great and powerful, or the, what is it, what is he calling himself, <laughs> the um, unmatched? Wisdom. Unmatched wisdom, wisdom yeah. Okay, uh, with regard to the Turkish economy. Well, so can I just say, my understanding is that it's like a, a political science axiom that foreign policy issues rarely affect domestic policy, especially around election time, right? But I'm wondering if this case, which has sort of blown open the impeachment proceedings from, from my point of view, and that there are some Republicans who are pretty upset about this, this case in which uh, the U.S. has decided to withdraw troops um, from northern Syria leaving Kurds, who have really been our allies, vulnerable to attacks from Turkey. And Turkey did, in fact, attack today. This is the second time in recent American history we've sort of left Kurds out to dry, by the way, first time in Iraq. Um, and so I'm wondering what you all think about the possibility that this foreign policy issue actually might impact domestic politics. I think there are a couple different ways that could happen. You know, I think one is in sort of general public approval. Uh, you know, if 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 this turns out to be, you know, if things get really bad, I mean, worse than they already are over there, uh, and you know, the American people start to have a feeling that this was a really bad or even corrupt decision, that you know, public opinion will turn against the president even more. But the more sort of tangible route is through particularly these Senate Republicans. Uh, people like uh, people like Lindsey Graham, these sort of more hawkish, uh, hawkish foreign policy Republicans, who uh, you know, whose support the president really needs right now uh, in terms of the impeachment process. And so, if there start to be more rumblings against him from this point of view, then I think you're going to have you know that might soften the ground a little bit uh, once once you know if we assume the House does end up impeaching. Yeah, I agree. I think what to watch is, you know, Senate Republicans, most voters behave and we, we we refer to it as negative partisanship, where it's not so much that we love our own side, but we really dislike the other side. And so it's going to be really hard for voters to vote against their party, or maybe they won't vote, maybe they won't go out and vote. But yeah, I think what's more interesting, perhaps, is looking at kind of the Senate Republicans to see if some of them start to shift a little bit. Um, as of yet, I don't know for sure that we'll see waves of voters you know, being dramatically impacted. Well, and to, to build on that, I think it's going to be partially um, if Republicans do start to challenge this foreign policy move, um, how Trump responds to it and if he compartmentalizes it and it just is fine. But if he starts tweeting negative things about Lindsey Graham and some of these other things and he starts in an open battle where he's attacking these Republicans and they have to defend themselves, it's just going to open up a cleavage between the White House and, and Congress right now when there does not need to be one. And so at that point, you're really talking about so this becoming a huge issue. Well, of course, Trump has already sort of gone on the offensive against, I mean, a, a series of pretty angry tweets against Mitt Romney, who spoke out pretty forcefully against uh, against the president in terms of uh, this this Ukraine business uh, last week. Uh, you know, Romney's probably been the most outspoken Republican, uh, at least in the Senate on this issue. And so that's sort of, you know, a taste of what Republicans can hope to expect if, if they start going against the president. But, uh, you know, the, uh, the administration has already started to walk back a little bit of this this stuff so far with Turkey and saying, you know, oh, well, we weren't, you know, we don't actually want to pull out troops completely or but the problem the problem with the president is that he can't keep off twitter and so he's been saying things like oh well the kurds weren't with us at normandy so why should and 
just really kind of confusing the message here of, uh, of, of what it is he actually wants and what's on his agenda. So that's going to make it really hard for certain Republicans to stick by him, I think. I mean, for me, too, it's hard to imagine this really shifting electoral politics. I think what we'll see occasionally, whether it's around sort of you know, foreign policy issues or the deficit is there might be a handful of Republicans in Congress who sort of get out ahead of the party and maybe launch a, a critique. And but pretty soon they're absorbed back into, you know, the Trump's Republican Party. And um, nobody's really willing to get out ahead of him as long as his base stays stays solid. And that appears to be pretty unshakable right now. I don't think most of his base cares too much about what's happening in northern Syria. Yeah, I mean, I think foreign policy has always been, uh, you know, n- not necessarily an issue that is really dry, heavily driving things like uh, things like partisanship and things like, you know, propensity to vote. Uh, so it's it's really sort of more of a, a specific centralized question of, you know, this is coming at not a great time for him. Uh, I mean, as just from a political perspective in terms of his relationship with uh, with Congress, which is rather fraught at the moment. So. And Jen, you mentioned, you know, like maybe some Republicans kind of stand aside and critique for a while, but in general, it's still like Trump's Republican Party. And um, I think New York Times did an article this weekend on like never Trumpers who are now pretty kind of look like every other Trump, you know, like they've been kind of folded into the Republican Party. That is as it is under Trump. So I think that's a good point that it, you know, it's still like there are electoral incentives or other incentives to kind of still follow the party. I mean, I think we should say that what Graham and other hawks are worried about is that this um, action of sort of leaving the Kurds um, unaffiliated or unprotected means that there's a whole lot of ISIS fighters in that part of the Middle East who now could be let out of prisons, who will be further radicalized. And, I, you know, I think we like to think that what's happening in that part of the world doesn't affect us, but the lessons of 9-11 suggest otherwise. And I think that's what Graham and others are worried about, right? With this yeah, it's a, it's a genuine sort of uh, humanitarian crisis over there, as well as in terms of, you know, we have made a lot of serious gains against ISIS with the help mainly of the Kurds in that region. Uh, and, so, and so that's a tremendous crisis. And also, I think, uh, I think, uh, uh, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, you know, you have, uh, interestingly, a lot of bipartisan uh, efforts on, in, in, you know, you have joint statements being put out by Democratic and Republican senators in the Senate. Uh, and so it's showing that, you know, this is something that is not sort of strictly on a strictly partisan basis, which I think could uh, could create some some roadblocks to what it whatever it is that that Trump seems you know intent on pursuing in this in this area you know counter to say what the previous administration had done in the region. Did it make any of you curious about what the goal is? I mean, I think you from a sort of um, like if we were to look at it straight on, we'd say this is part of the America First foreign policy, right? Where the United States is just not going to keep getting involved in these. But didn't don't you have to wonder like is there something else going on between the U? I'm at. I don't want to be a conspiracy theory person, but is no, there no, something else? No, no, that's what else? this show's about: is launching conspiracy <laughs> theories. Uh, what's the relationship between the U.S. and Turkey? Like that's in the back of my mind. What's going on here that he would make such a dramatic decision? Are there are there are there personal business interests that we're we're talking about there? That's what I'm wondering. Mm. He also really loves Erdogan, right? It's another tough guy, sort of. Yeah, this has been kind of a theme for him, Mm -hmm. you know, so like the the leader of the Philippines, Duterte, and these these other sort of strongman leaders. And, you know, whether it manifests itself just in tweets or in things like this, where it's overt policy support, uh, you know, that's been that's been a, a worrying thing. And that's been a thing that's been consistent sort of throughout this process. I mean, from Putin to Duterte to, you know, to Erdogan. So, um so, yeah, I mean, it, it does sort of make you wonder, I mean, it, depending on sort of the policy issue with Trump, it's, you know, there's this, this, this sort of thing, we, this refrain with him where it's, you know, oh, maybe just like the last person who talked to him or who like put a bug in his ear about something. And that's kind of the way he goes. It's hard for me to imagine that, you know, there, there are policy issues he's very passionate about, things like trade and, and, and protectionism and things like that. Immigration, immigration of course. Yeah. Um, it's hard for me to imagine that he has a very like centrally formulated plan about Turkey, and so it sort of does make you wonder, you know, 
oh, did he talk to Erdogan? And Erdogan just kind of wore him down. And I'm sure that's something that that both Republicans and Democrats in Congress will want to get to the bottom of. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with Charlie on that. Like, I I think there's things that Trump that have Trump's attention that he spends a lot of time thinking about. But I think a lot of stuff isn't really a part of a strategy for the most part. It's just kind of shoot from the hip. Um, and that's really my impression of his White House and his administration overall up to this point. Uh, so, I mean, I could see that this just being one of those things that was just decided one day, right? And completely without thinking about the broader consequences, and that would not surprise me at all. And the pattern has been once he says something, regardless of how how outrageous it is, you challenge him on it, he doubles down, it just continues to be part of the cycle and it gets more and more outrageous yeah yeah outrage normalize outrage normalize that's the pattern mm-hmm. right so yeah. I, yeah i'm I, I have a hard time believing that it's part of some sort of strategy but who, who am i i'm just an avenger i'm a news yeah. avenger and i i mean you're also a radiothon avenger though right radiothon avenger who apparently is is losing her superpower at pulling in the donations <laughs> i'm sorry guys uh, i do know that we are we're you're going to close out our radiothon tomorrow at midnight and we still have another seventeen thousand dollars to raise to keep the lights on here so unless you want to see like you know like an Avengers Endgame where like half of us die off I know that sounds dire maybe some of you are wanting that right now maybe that's maybe five Listen, Avengers we're the definitely going to have to fire many. Charlie if we don't raise enough money hey now I just started <laughs> Well, then you won't ask for a raise then, right? Oh, never. I mean, what is really at stake, though? I think about this, like I listen to the other radio stations that are available to us in the Valley, and some of them, you don't even hear a human ever, right? It's Mm -mm. just all pre-programmed stuff. It's like corporate stuff. Not that corporations are bad across the board, but man, I know, especially in this political moment with all the issues we're talking about it is so valuable to be able to hear something different to hear different types of conversation to hear creative people on the air to hear different types of music and that's really what you're supporting when you donate during radiothon it keeps the lights on it um, allows us to keep putting interesting stuff out on the air that you're just not going to hear anywhere else and it's directly from the people like you said it's not it's not you know some corporate thing it's not you know but you know where from the community these other great shows that we have on the air here they're from folks you know in the community who are uh connected to what's going on and connected with your daily lives and so um you know to me that's a great way to get your public affairs news to get you know new great music uh, to get to know, you know, different parts of the Treasure Valley community that you may not otherwise have a lot of contact with, and so that's why it's really important to uh, to donate and make sure that that you know we can keep the lights on over here. So you can do that donation either by going online at radioboise.org, uh, or you can call in a donation, call into the station. That's two zero eight two five eight two zero. Seven two, and we have another third of the show here uh, coming up. I, w- I think we have a we have a, a challenge in front of us, just like you know happens at the end of or at the last third of any good action movie or Avengers comic. We have a challenge in front of us. What's Will the challenge? news Avengers prevail? Find out after the break. Yes. Hey, you cued me up, and I am not even ready. <laughs> well, I, so I just want to say one more thing, Beth, just to cue you up, which is that all of us are volunteers. Almost everybody here at the station is a volunteer, so it truly is community radio. Nobody's down here getting rich. We do enjoy a fine guru donut now and then, but those two are donated. And so what you're really donating to is an idea. And so we hope that you uh, will go on to RadioBoise.org and support what we're trying to do here. And we're back with a special uh, mashup News Avengers edition featuring programmers from Vital Idaho and Big Tent Radio. We've got Luke, Charlie, Jackie, Jen, and Beth with our with our last minute. We think everything's okay, but then whoosh, some new dire challenge comes in. What is our what is our dire challenge? What's facing the Avengers? Jackie, what did you do to us? Listen, oh. I mean. <laughs> I mean, this Jack, is a- Jackie brought in. I mean, the last time, can I say, the last time I played Trivial Pursuit, it was didn't end well for me because I have trivia challenges. 
but we're going to do this. I believe we learned about your trivia challenges last time we did Radiothon, but yeah. I just want to give uh, our listeners some background. So where this idea came from is that me and Jackie and some colleagues were at a faculty writing retreat in Sun Valley, and the only board game in the house was Trivial Pursuit, but it was the edition from 1981. And Jen, if you think this is difficult, imagine answering questions from 30 years ago. Well, let's be clear. I'm Beth and I were probably maybe born by then, but you three weren't. So. Oh. <laughs> it, we're was, it was yeah. very, very challenging. <laughs> it was maybe a very long game. <laughs> yes, quite hilarious there. All right, so for your listening pleasure, and let me say that we might ask the spicier questions if we get a few donations. So we've got some like held back that are really, really good questions, but we're only going to ask them if you donate. So, you know, I'm bribing you. So that number to call is 208 258 2072 or you can go online at radioboise.org and there's all kinds of buttons you can click we are we are down to our last 17,000 that we want to raise by the end of Radiothon at midnight tomorrow night this keeps the lights on here in the station we have a bare bones budget uh, mostly volunteers a few a small team of very hard working staff and a semi-functional air conditioning um, uh, well, it functions outside of the control room, not in here. It's this like is... menopause times a thousand in here. Let's <laughs> just be real. <laughs> All right, Beth, you said you said you have a really good question. Why I do. We're speaking about politics. So this is '90s politics. What Democrat? This is also '80s politics, though, isn't it? Because this, I remember. Ooh, you're giving us speak. clues. I'm sorry, I like it. I like it. <laughs> what Democratic Speaker of the House said he'd occasionally cook, quote, just to see how easy women's work is? Mm. Sounds like Tip O'Neill. Mm. He would certainly fit the bill of 80s Democratic Speaker and was probably a bit of a misogynist. So. Oh, boy. That's depressing. Tip O'Neill. You want to go with Tip O'Neill? All right. Man, four for four. You're slaying this challenge, right. you guys. Boom. Yeah. I've got another politics also, question. Also, I do not want to eat his cooking, so. yeah. I think I've got another politics question, uh, and I dedicate this one to Jen Schneider, which now you can't answer because I made this joke earlier today. Uh, what language did George Bush admit he'd rarely been accused of being fluent in? English. Oh, because I made that joke about myself today to Jen. I mean, at least he could own it. Yeah, it's good to have a sense of humor about yourself. Listen, Luke, I understand at least 30% of what you say, so it's fine. I mean, that's better. That's probably more than what my students understand, so I'll I'll take that as a win. All right, Charlie, you're up. All right, let's switch gears to geography for 300. Uh, What fraction of the Earth's land surface is desert? What fraction fraction of the Earth's land? At the time of that question or now? (laughs) Yeah. Ooh, good point. What? I'm guessing it's probably not now because they haven't updated the cards. All right. Right. So we're going to say in the 90s. Yeah. Ish. I'm afraid to guess because I don't want to sound so stupid, but I feel like it's a lot. What uh, fraction of the Earth's land? I'm going to go with 10%. 10%? Yeah, I was thinking somewhere. You're just looking at- I'm thinking it's 20. And I just want to give a shout out to our colleague Jody Brandt in Human Environment Systems, who's actually done this work. She's a land use scientist, and she's measuring the appearance and disappearance of sand in different parts of can the world. Can we call Jody? Can it can be like no, call L- a phone a friend? Yeah, call yeah. Phone a friend. Can we call her on speaker? Should. Unfo- man. Unfortunately, right, our time is up, and the answer was one third. 33%. Oh, so, wow. so, I knew. I knew so it was Gem's a closest. lot. Oh. I wonder closest. what it is now. <laughs> a lot of desert out there. So I really like this question, which isn't probably that relevant anymore. Um, although maybe. Well, it would be phrased differently. What does the code phrase, no home phone, typically mean in a personals ad? No home no phone. phone. No home phone. In a personal ad. Oh, I bet it's don't call because I'm married. Yep. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jen, I'm a little concerned of how quickly you got to that answer. Baby, if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Things getting real on Public Affairs Thursday. All right. All right so C- cultural studies Schneider here with the pop culture. Are you ready? Which Jackson family member revealed a secret nine-year marriage? How do you keep a marriage secret for nine years? Secret nine-year marriage to Renee Elizondo upon the occasion of their divorce. Jared Jackson. Nine years. 
Yes, but it's Miss Jackson if you're nasty. You gotta get that right. <laughs> Do I not get at least credit for knowing away. that? Yeah. Have Half yes, credit, one that third is credit. Super, that is your superpower. Random I, factoids. Yes, that is one thing I do know is random useless information about a lot of different things. So. And that is why you're a hero. Like to just stand up and own that. Can we stick in the music uh, realm? We should stick in the music realm, but let's just remind everybody that we have a couple of real spicy questions, and we'd love to see a couple donations roll in. All you have to do, I mean, it's the end of the work day, so let's be clear, you're not doing anything anyway. Just get on the browser after your boss walks by. Mm-hmm. Go to RadioBoise.org yep. and click that donate button. Or give us a call if if, if you feel like it. It's uh, 208-258. If you're older than 44, you can use your phone to make phone calls two zero seven two no no home phone no but home phone. phone us instead <laughs> uh phone us okay uh you can also come by the studio 1020 west main and we're hanging out down here and look if you come we'll let you ask all the trivia questions you can stand that's, um, yeah. that's yeah, right you just grill gin all afternoon it'll be lots of fun for us to watch that's right that's right okay music charlie music okay sticking with the the music theme what bad boy started up the bad boy record label do you know oh, I mean, it's got to be Puffy, right? Yeah. That's right. Le Puff. And you know this is old because it says Sean Puff Daddy Combs. Oh, yeah. Sean know, Puff Daddy? We know he's currently Daddy Sean P. Diddy Combs. Yeah. So this was pre-name change. So okay. So. I have no idea. I miss that guy. Where's that guy been? What's he doing? He ran the New York City Marathon at some point. Oh, he did. Uh, I yeah. mean, ops to you, Puff. I, I think it's kind of hard to be a gangster when you're like 55, but I don't know. Oh, my hey, God. So I it. only have 11 more years to be a gangster. Is that what you're saying? Cool. cool. Yes. Noted. That is not the only reason you shouldn't be a gangster, but, you know. <laughs> Noted. All right, Luke, you got one queued up? Uh, all right. We're going to go in a slightly different direction, but I, I just think this one stands out to me. What Rocky Mountain City claims to be the first to slap a hunk of cheese on a hamburger? Can you repeat that? (laughs) What Rocky Mountain City claims to be the first to slap a hunk of cheese on a hamburger? So the first to have Hmm. a cheeseburger. You actually silenced this group. That's not easy to do. I mean, we're... Rocky Mountain to me says Denver. Sounds like Denver, yeah. Denver would be correct. Oh, my God. Oh, that seems too easy. They were the first to put cheese on a hamburger? I don't believe that, but whatever. This is a claim. Bold claim by Denver. Right. Um, and we could talk about Rocky Mountain Oysters, but we'll do that on another. Well, we got to get some donations before we go in that yes. direction. That's a little too scandalous. Yeah, that's one of our spicy questions. Jackie, do you have one uh, queued up? I may have found the worst triv- Trivial Pursuit question ever. <laughs> what board game did Time Magazine show being shipped from Amazon.com to its delivery point in a 1999 cover story on e-commerce? Lord, say it again. What board game did Time Magazine put show being shipped from an Amazon.com like to its delivery point mm. in a cover story on e-commerce? I just wonder how would we know because it'd be like wrapped in layers of of, of right? stuff and boxed up twice and mm. then taped all over the place. So it's, it's got to be. It, they wouldn't have done Monopoly, would Monopoly, they? Monopoly, maybe Parcheesi. Keep in mind, this is a really bad question. <laughs> Really bad really question. Bad is that a hint? Clue, is it? Game of Life. No, it's <laughs> Trivial Pursuit. Oh. <laughs> Boo. Boo. That was a bad Boo. moment for Product us. placement. That was a bad moment. Well, I'm going to ask, I, uh, this is going to test your history knowledge, mm. but mostly I just like how it's worded, and it gives me ideas for Christmas. What feisty Mongol, <laughs> let's just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> what feisty what Mongol. Mongol once filled his half brother, you know who I'm talking about, with arrows for grabbing a fish off his hook? There's only one feisty Mongol I know of. What category I is this? Lost. History. History. Feisty Mongol. Oh, you guys ever seen Night at the Museum? Does that help you what at all? Genghis Khan? Genghis Khan, Jackie. Oh, nice got Jackie. it. Very nice. Oh, Never wow. in my nice. life would I have thought of feisty to describe i mean he was he was pretty feisty starting conflict but yes that sounds somehow more like playful in a mm-hmm. in yeah. an aggressive sort of sense mm-hmm. like tickle fights doesn't know when to stop well i like it that you like you're like going out for a fishing trip with your bro and you're like we're gonna have some bonding and you're tickle like fights. oh uh, why don't i just get that fish off the hook for you and the next thing you know you're stuck full of air. You forgot he was feisty, and yeah. there he goes. Yeah, mess Mom always said you were the feisty G. one. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do we have more trivia? So this is what I'm going to do. I have, I have one of our secret questions right here in front of me. Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. And just to let you know what's going to happen, if you donate, I'm going to throw this one out to the group as a little teaser. <laughs> and I feel like Jen's the one who's going to get this one. How many nipples does Mark Wahlberg boast? <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's really what it on this card. <laughs> Can you say I happen to know the answer to that one? How many nipples <gasps> does Mark word? Wahlberg boast? How do you Wait, not know this? this I need to know. Marky well. Mark, Were you a funky how many bunch? nipples does he have? A uh, fan? No, I was not. You like like when he became an actor, then you were on you were on board. I think I was still yeah when he was like a, an underwear model. Mm. Oh yeah, and and I, a, I don't know that I ever have witnessed how many nipples he has, but I know what what he boasted about. What what would the answer be then? Three. Yes, that sure. is correct. Wow, the trifecta. Sure. So I don't listen, know that that's true. I have that image burned into my brain. That so Calvin well, he boasts these many, no, but does he actually have this many? <laughs> well, let's just be clear. These are the types of things that you get on community radio. Public affairs and Mark Wahlberg's nipples. They other other stations don't have the courage to talk exactly about to talk Wahlberg's about Marky Mark you know, and his underwear ads. It's it's getting too steamy in here. I think we need to switch back to a political to a political question. Can we okay, switch back right, to a right, quick political do. question? Politics. Please. All right. What Does repu- it involve nipples? Uh, no. Okay. I mean, yes, I mean, maybe in your imagination, but <laughs> okay. not. Uh, what Republican canceled an appearance on Politically Incorrect after Bill Maher called him a moron on air? Not Tip O'Neill. <laughs> not Tip. Not Tip O'Neill. This is, would be, be this would be '90s, early '90s politician early who 90s. might feasibly be, be called so a moron. Many, that could be so many people, though. This is a politician who is sort of more known for being I mean, a moron. It's got to be Dan, Dan Quayle. Quayle. Oh. Dan Quayle is correct. Dan Quayle is correct. You know your moronic '90s politicians. Potato, potato. Listen, it is not fair to call him a moron just because he doesn't know how to spell potato. <laughs> Well, listen, I think our definition of moronic politician has shifted. The some. bar has been yeah. set a little bit Oh, the bit quaint lower. old days when misspelling was just a quirk. Yeah, crazy, crazy. All right, so we, we're going to have, like, one more question, and then we got to talk about, like, we were going to go around and talk about the news that caught our attention this week. Heck, yeah. That's right. That isn't That's Syria right. or impeachment. Okay, who, who, has, who has a good one? Anybody got a good cue? All right, here we go. What U.S. president once mouthed speeches written by a young Ben Stein? Reagan? No. Um, ben Stein was a presidential speechwriter. A young oh, Ben? H.W. Bush? No. no. Oh. Bill Clinton? Ben Stein's kind of older now. He is old. Does everybody remember him from the Ferris Bueller oh, yeah. movies? Bueller. Oh, right, so right, right. Bueller. Yes, Nixon would be correct. Wow. Oh, learn something wow. every day. Well, it worked, out well, it worked out well for him. So. I love it when pop yeah. culture and politics come together. It's exactly. Makes me so happy. Just like it does on the big tit. Yes. Oh, my goodness. The big tent. <laughs> Hashtag Radio Boise. Oh. RadioBoise.org if you want to throw us a few extra bones, keep this extra excellent program. Why wouldn't you want to keep this going? Right? Yeah. I mean, there's no way you could do this on your own. Nobody has old boxes of trivial pursuit questions. Or if you're just waiting for us to get off the air so you can make a contribution, we'll tire out eventually. Donate so that we will stop. I also have a country music trivial pursuit set from like 1990. Oh Oh my God, you should have brought that. We could do this all day, you guys. Listen, here's the thing. If you donate enough money, next time on uh, on Radiothon, we'll do that version of trivia. And it's going to be sad and interesting. (laughs) The guesses will be flying. Every answer will be Tanya Tucker. All right. All right. We're going to do a speed round of the the what news item caught your attention. Or pop culture. Or pop culture item caught your attention this week. I'm going to call for volunteers first. Anybody? I got it. I'll go first because it doesn't have anything to do with politics. But I've been binge watching Queer Eye because it's the only thing that makes me happy in the face of the news cycles. And Anthony, if you follow Queer Eye, is the one who does food on the show. And what I've noticed is that in every episode, he goes into somebody's kitchen, usually their fridge, and tries to find the most rotten piece of food and smells it. And he enjoys the badness of the smell and I just so appreciate that about him and think it's so weird and so that's what I've been thinking about that's a man dedicated to his craft I suppose so so mine's in terms of politics but talking with one of our colleagues Lori Hossiger and she was telling me how traditionally there's not really been a gender gap in views of legitimacy and approval of the Supreme Court but now there's a 17 point gender gap with women being less approving and less trusting of the Supreme Court which is really interesting to think about how that institution functions and our responses to that institution as citizens 
That's really that, is that a re- direct? I mean, result of the the whole Kavanaugh hearings and the the gap. I'm, from my understanding, it's it's definitely grown, and like that's being considered one of the main events here. Sorry, I interrupted you, Charlie. Oh no, I was going to ask the exact same question because no. I think it's really fascinating. Yeah, I believe that that's it's you know. I think always can more research will help in the long term, but definitely there's thought that the Kavanaugh appointment is contributing to that gap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We will keep it in the in the political realm for a second. So we were talking about impeachment earlier today, and specifically how the Trump administration has essentially said they're not going to comply at all with the investigation. They're not going to provide witnesses for subpoena. But there are a few different options that Congress can take, and this is something I learned uh, this year. These can range from going through the courts, challenging it in court, and this ranges all the way to having the House of Representatives Sergeant at Arms go to the executive branch and literally arrest uh, people who do not comply with subpoenas. Uh, and this is there is precedent for this. This has happened uh, in uh, 1927 was the last time this happened, that the sergeant in arms literally went and physically arrested someone to force them to comply. Uh, and there was a 1935 Supreme Court opinion, keeping with Jackie's theme, that uh, upheld the right of the House to do this. So Maybe some fireworks coming up Ooh, if Dems people are keep having not. all sorts of fantasies. About I mean, this right could now. you imagine Rick, Rick Perry getting perp walked through the U.S. Capitol? <laughs> I mean, that would be iconic. His special glasses might fall off. That would be unfortunate. <laughs> all oh. right. He wants to be thanked, but you have a lot of donations. Well, I'm sure. Oh, what? We ha- no, sir. This is not true. It is true. This is Wayne. It's not fake. This is not fake news. We're not fake news. Okay, well, this says in very big, bold letters, you have five donations totaling $255. What? From anonymous donors that are just doing it out of the goodness of their hearts. Oh, my gosh. show you the proof. That is amazing. I guess what we can say is trust us. The Avengers are bringing it in. V-I-T-B-T in the house. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. We appreciate your donation. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right, Fowler, do you want to take us out on your... uh, Uh, So... The one story, because I'm always the person that brings up sports on the show, is the uh, NBA China controversy. Um, a team executive for one of the NBA teams tweeted about his support for Hong Kong. It has set off a big issue uh, in international geopolitics, particularly as the NBA tries to expand in the and open up Chinese markets. Just very interesting to see how they're playing that, and all of a sudden, NBA again at the uh, forefront of a lot of political and social issues, and how they're going to navigate it all. Sports. Jen's mind just went blank. I, I said sports, and I she just turned off. I nothing to add either. Is I'm this going to be like an ongoing controversy? I mean, are uh, they sort of well, it's spread to other companies? There's a video game company that's gotten wrapped in, up into this. Other corporations as well, and how they interact with China. And so I think it's going to be kind of a, an ongoing debate for a little while. So one of the interesting things about the NBA, Jen is because it's such a player-centric league that their social views actually are a big deal. And so there are specific players that can come out and say, I'm not going to play if you don't do X. And really, the team and the leagues have to respond because they can't they can't go without LeBron James, right? Um, and so like this actually gives teams and executives and coaches a lot of power to affect social movements through their celebrity. Um, so it's really interesting to watch how this is going to play out and whether or not this is going to be a new way that, I mean, essentially U.S., uh, values or put pressure on other countries. I mean, LeBron James was in one of my favorite movies, Trainwreck, so I know all about that. Quite enjoyable. So you do like sports. I do like sports. (laughs) And they're in (laughs) rom-coms. Okay. Well, that that brings us about almost to the top of the hour. We're going to take you out with about a minute worth of uh, music here. And thank you for joining us today for a special Vital Idaho Big Tent Radio mashup featuring the news Avengers, our ever-growing body of superheroes uh not that we're growing in in well anyway uh more there's more of us every day so continue to to call in that number is 208-258-2072 or make a donation online at radioboise.org and you can help support radio boise thanks for all of my co-hosts for joining me today this was super fun thanks Thanks, thank you see you next week see ya see you again next week